Welcome to the podcast, the destination for insightful discussions and interviews on the appreciation, conservation, and husbandry of reptiles with a focus on turtles and tortoises. Now, let's join our team of turtle nerds. Yow! Hello, turtle nerds of the world. Turtle nerds of the world unite with the podcast. Episode 83. Eight, the big 84. 84. The big eight was 83 at the top. I'm embarrassed. Uh, oh, that's because I, I, I updated the title, I think, after it started. It should have been at 84. But, 84. Uh, Episode 84. The big eight four. Very big. Yes, Christopher, thank you. Finally, Greg says it's a miracle. I love this. I love this. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate you. Oh, this uh, screen stuff is great. Listen, people don't know, this episode is the nine-year anniversary of the start of the podcast. First episode was February 24th, 2013. So we've been doing this for... Uh, hi, guys. We've been doing this for... Uh, Nine years now, nine, nine years, and boy, does the time fly. Kev, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I've been doing this for nearly six years now. It's it's wild. That's insane. Yeah, I feel like I just jumped on last week. You're still the new guy in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, serious. Oh, my gosh, that's wild. Steve, how are you? Can people hear you? You're on screen. Oh, yeah, they can hear me. Yep. Sup, everybody. Good to see you again tonight. Yep. Sup. Every Disney movie does not have a professor who sends a student on a journey to find a hidden relic. That is a lie, Dominique. This is, I have to, I have to stop. I can't, I'm like, it's all right there. I just have to respond to every single comment. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better. Let's <laughs> no, see who can, who can get, get me to this. respond <laughs> mid-sentence, <laughs> mid-thought. Just total deer in headlights right now. Let's uh, get weird tonight. The the theme the theme today is is really waiting, putting in the time, as Tom Petty said. The waiting is the hardest part. Is that what he says? Right? They make that up. So it's fitting that we talk about how long Kevin's been the Kevin, the new guy who's only been on the show for six years now. I swear in my brain, it's like a year and a half but it's actually six years. That's insane. Yeah, five and a half. I'd probably say five and a half. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, and, and we're going to get into to all of that and kind of how long, you know, we put into certain things, little foreshadowing into uh, what we're going to talk about tonight and something that uh, some of the viewers know that I'm very excited about. And uh, thank you, Christopher. And, uh, also, I, I just wanted to give us like a, a precursor to this. I, I went on a new, there's a new turtle podcast. Did you guys know about this? There's a new one. I'm very excited about it. Uh, starring uh, our good friend, uh, Michael Skibstead, the prodigy, the future Peter Pritchard. And uh, that'll be coming out soon. I'm, I'm very excited about that. And it's basically a group of prodigy high schoolers who are putting together a, a new podcast that I'm really excited about. And uh, I went on and spoke with them yesterday. We spent like two hours chatting about everything. And it got me thinking about early conversations with Steve Enders, somebody who you guys may have heard of. As you know, we were kind of kicking around ideas and thoughts and, and 
you know, frustrations and and mostly excitement as well. And I was thinking about you, Steve, last night as I was watching Steve Irwin, and I was wondering what your personality type might be because you're so passionate about things, and I tend to be that way too, although we're, we're very different, but I think we both share in those passions and we had those early conversations. And I was thinking about it through the eyes of, or through my eyes, but thinking about these young guys who are just getting started and how, number one, they're way ahead of where we were, especially as high schoolers. Uh, well, but yeah, also, I didn't even get into Turtles until I was after out of college. So I, right, I'm like, exactly. I'm a we very late like, bloomer. We, we were having so. these conversations as college graduates, right? They're yeah. having these conversations as high schoolers, which is incredible. So they're going to go to college for the right things, and they're going to really change the world and do amazing things. Um, but I think... It was just really exciting and and um, a really rewarding experience just to think of, to to kind of reflect on all of that. Uh, and then I left that conversation and I went to Facebook, of course, because that's all I do every day, right? Like the rest of us, social media. I'm a total slave to social media. Nonstop. And I saw Tim Beard hatched a spider tortoise and. I got a little bit emotional. Ralph hatched one earlier this month, and I've been trying for 11 years, raising up a group, and I got an egg last year and didn't hatch it, and then uh, actually went downstairs and saw that the egg, one of the eggs had pipped, and I didn't even think they were close to, be, to hatching. So I've had this whole kind of emotional Sunday that kind of brought me on this, this journey of kind of reflection and really realizing, and it's really fitting that I haven't shaved my huge gray beard, but it's like thinking about how long of a journey it's been already, hopefully, you know, many years to go. Hi, Penny. Right? No, did you say sorry? Don't say sorry, Kevin. It's all right, man. It's all right. So, we wanted to talk a little bit about that and um, just kind of reflect on some of the projects that we've dedicated ourselves to, what that means to us, and then also kind of answer some some questions from viewers as well that might come up. So, yeah, I don't want to just talk to myself. Like, does anyone have anything else to say? I just went off on a tangent. Kevin's gone. Steve, you should say something. Something. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i had a lot of door but yeah that's i'm so impressed and so proud of you buddy i know it's been a long time coming this has been many many conversations that we've had about like this project that you started with shannon a long time ago and it was like the first foray and her into her getting like excited about it so this is that coming to fruition that's really awesome so what year was it again that you acquired the pixis was it 2011 no 2010 oh, no, august august 2nd 2011 2011 it was 2011 okay yeah, so um, so a couple months after the turtle room started, right? Yeah, officially, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. right. It was the first thing, you know. I, I'm 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 working on a, a a book with Shannon, which we're in the very like infancy of of trying to write together. But one of the stories is where she really challenged me early on, like you're so full of it because you're always talking about how turtles are really endangered and you need to do this and you need to do that, like. Like, and then you have like albino turtles and you have this and you have that. And um, <laughs> she's like, get your act together. Like you talk about this stuff that you do with Steve and, and whatever you're trying to change the world. And, and, you know, talking about how rare turtles are and how you want to make a difference. 
like cut it out. And then that's when I kind of started really trying to focus what I was doing and ask myself, what can I do that will make an impact both educationally and from like a preservation standpoint? I think at that point I was thinking a lot more about conservation, not realizing how complicated conservation is and, and the fact that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do uh, ex situ is really more preservation work, which is fine. Um, it has a lot of wonderful uh, benefits and there have been species like one of the ones we're going to talk about tonight uh, that I was hoping to bring up tonight is um, is would be almost virtually extinct if not for captive breeding so uh, so yeah my Roomba just went to sleep. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can oh. hear it in the background. Yeah, I heard something like, like robot I, there. But... I was just texting Shannon, like, can you please stop the Roomba of all the times to have this thing going around? It's, it's horrible. <laughs> oh, it could be worse. Yes, Derek, this is my work attire. Thank you. Thank you. So, Anthony, I have a question for you. Working man. I, I would love a question from you, Kevin. I, Kevin, awesome. I, can I just tell you guys how much I love you? I just love you guys so much. It oh. hurts. It's maybe very I'm just sweet. very happy the last couple of days, you might imagine. Kevin, tell me, tell yeah, me what definitely. you want to talk about, Kevin. Uh, I, you know, you brought up that you and Shannon are starting to write the infancy of writing a book together. And I think that's awesome. I would love to read anything you guys want to put out or I can read early if you guys are open to that. But regardless, how's Turtley Devoted going? I haven't listened to the past couple episodes. I'm going to catch up in the next couple of days. It's going but, good. Uh, that, that's really the premise so the, for the, the cross for the people, book. you know? Yeah. That's the pre that's the premise for the book is like actually taking some of the stories and sitting down and actually like writing about it. And we have a cool idea for kind of how we're laying it out. If I'm being honest, we haven't written in it for like two weeks. So I feel like we've okay. fallen off a little bit. So we have to keep, you know, kind of pushing. And, and really, the, yeah. the, the, the podcast is no different. The Totally Devoted podcast, we, we didn't record an episode for like five weeks. So it ebbs and flows. There's certain times we're recording every single week. There's certain times where we're writing like four times, four nights a week together. But um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I've I've probably since I published the first book, I've I've probably started like five book projects since then and I've published yeah, we, zero since then. So I've talked to you about five different book things since then. So, yeah. 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 So it's uh, it's it is what it is. I'm I'm realistic in that. I know that anytime I start one, it doesn't mean I'm going to finish, but I've, I, th I think of it like in college when I was a painter, I, you, you would have several projects going at once. And I, I have a, um, an article on record uh, size clutches in Reeves turtles and, and Spangler eye that I just finished for uh, the Badiger. I had been writing that article for like three years and I just finished it the other day. I was just like, that's it. This ends now. I'm going to sit down and write this darn thing, even though I've like been struggling with the conclusion for three years, I'm just going to write it. And I did, and I'm happy it's over. And yeah. It's just cause I don't know, I, I get busy with stuff and then I get writer's block and then stuff yeah. doesn't actually finish, yeah. you know, get finished. So would that be I mean, the next, uh, the next Badiger? Did I say Badiger? That's in, that was for Radiata. Sorry. That one's for Radiata. Okay. The Badiger <laughs> article this year, I'm writing on, uh, Actinemis on, uh, Pacific yeah. pond turtles. Yeah. People need to write for the Badiger. The Badiger is incredible. And every year I think it's a chore for, for Russ and Michael to, to get material for it. And like, they want people's observations 
in captivity and it's such a great place <laughs> actually steve and i that was the first place that both of us were published as writers was in the Badiger, right? Yeah. I'm not I think that so. Up. Yeah. That, that was the first for you too, right? We, we, we wrote I, an article together on Spangler. Eye. Right. Yeah. And I think so. Yeah. I have it like, uh, I know it was the first time for me. I thought it was for you too. And yeah, I'll, that'll never, no one could ever take that away from us, man. We put so much effort into, I don't think I've ever put as much effort into an article as that first one. Cause I was so nervous about like, you know, yeah, you know, and I was just going to say to Kevin, you know, he's making progress on the book when he starts to ask us to do graphics for inside the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, "Hey guys, you got four, you got forty-eight hours. Get me, get me an ad for the book. It's it's happening, which is awesome. Like, I'm, I'm always so happy that he thinks of us, but it comes together, and that that's part of the the challenge is that he it has to come together. He's a busy guy, and it just ends up coming together late. Uh, every year. I, I That's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Steve, too, afterwards, but wanted to talk about kind of this, this waiting and, and uh, dedication uh, to certain projects stuff that, that we wanted to talk about. What else you got, Kev? So in the past, uh, past episodes, you've had up that painting of the spider tourist that you've done. Uh, and we talked about it back then. Uh, is it permanently there or did you bring it back for tonight because of the special occasion every single episode i move artwork behind me sometimes you can notice it sometimes you can't yeah. uh, you better believe i picked that one for a reason i'm like yeah. floating on a cloud right now yeah okay. oh, totally. so like 11 uh, years yeah like, yeah I mean, like when my barbers lay eggs and I get to hatch a barbers or my Texas map turtle that I've had since 2009, one of the finally lays fertile eggs and yep. like and I can hatch those like, man, that is going to be an awesome day. Like I finally got map turtles this year, right? I got those hybrids and I hatched those yellow block, a couple yellow blotched pure, right? But when but when those ones that I've, I've raised from hatchlings since 2009 and 2010, start big deal like you freak out that's oh yeah i'm i'm gonna like i'm gonna like run around the house screaming and celebrating or something maybe outside even i I don't know but like uh, that will be an exciting day for sure yeah yeah i i you can when i hatched japonica this year i i freaked out i screamed and my daughter was in the turtle room with me my five-year-old madalena and she like jumped out of her skin she's never heard me like that before like I don't get that way about sport. Like I, I enjoy sports and, and watching sports. I don't get that way about teams and games and things like that. I like, I, I'm a relatively animated person, but like, I mean, I was screaming like, I don't even know what I, I don't even like, I just couldn't control my actions when that happened. So I guess that's a, a, a prelude. I, I wanted to just run through how grateful I'm feeling and just talk about like some of the, kind of the juxtaposition between some of these projects that you really put time into and, and you kind of play this waiting game for a really long time. And then other ones that just happen like in the blink of an eye and how sometimes that's not (laughs) fair, but I can tell you though, that it's, it means so much less when it comes together quickly. And I'm not saying like, Hey, everyone, it'll mean so much more like go buy, Hatling radiated tortoises because 20 years from now you are going to be really happy. Like, I, I think it, it's just interesting to, to see that, that comparison. So let's start, let's just start with number one. Can we do that, Steve? 
Yeah, what well, number one, as in... Uh, I, I numbered them. I numbered them. I, and I missed I the am. numbers. Missed oh, the numbers. you can't see them? You can't see them and where I sent it? It's the name of the file. Oh, oh pictures. Oh, picture number one. I hey. thought you were... Yeah. Hey. Sorry, I got it. Hold hey. on. Hey. 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 Uh, one. Uh, uh, uh. There we go. Yeah. So I started with the least... The least profound first breeding of the year for me. So I, I got lucky this year. Like I really did. I didn't hatch a lot of animals uh, from different species, but I was able to hatch a few of a lot of things, including six species I've never hatched before, which is really, really exciting. So the first ones, obviously these are, are Indian stars. They're, these are these technically come from uh, Sri Lankan stars, but 90% of star breeders say that they have Sri Lankan stars. So, you know, do with that what you will. Uh, I think the vast majority of all of that is is BS. Basically, uh, people a lot of the times are choosing like broader banding or whatever and calling it Sri Lankan stars. So you can hate me if you want to, but I don't buy into that totally. So these were supposed to, supposed to be and supposedly Sri Lankan stars when the parents were um were purchased so a friend of of mine uh sent me the star tortoises and uh they weren't real like the female wasn't really like breeding size and then once i got her dialed in which takes a little bit with stars because you look at them funny and they get a runny nose and it just scares the heck out of you so uh we we kind of changed their their enclosure and then the female like almost doubled in weight, like really quickly. She grew and then she started producing eggs. So this was the first time I ever, I ever hatched that species, but we, I, I want to say we had them maybe for a year, uh, maybe a little over a year before she produced. So not the most triumphant thing that I've ever been a part of, but still really cool. Obviously, who doesn't like star tortoises? Especially once you figure out how to keep them, because it was a challenge, particularly up here. Okay, now, what Anthony, I, answer? Yes. Yeah. So my question to you is this: You know, I understand you're saying it's the, the least profound of the five that you've done this year, but you were able to take in animals and get them producing within one year, moving <coughs> them like a a new location. You know, which that in itself is ultra stressful for a lot of the animals. Uh, so I think that's that's pretty profound in itself, buddy. Yeah, it was cool because they were, like I said, she was small. I didn't think she'd be ready for like another three years. So that it really surprised me. Actually, I was quite shocked when I saw her digging. But uh, turns out she's actually a rather large animal, too. She just she came around 1500 and right now she's like 2700 grams. Wow. OK. Yeah. And, and has only been here for still less than two years. And those hatch at the beginning of the year too. It was exciting at the moment. I, like every year you go into it, like I want to hatch a new species to hatch six new species is like, okay, all this stuff I've been waiting on for all these years is starting to come together. The stars were not one of those things I've been waiting on. It was just like a bonus. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it feels good, but it's not the same as, as other stuff. So. All right. Let's move forward. We're moving on. This is fun, on. Right? This is something to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, guys, any questions, we can see it live now. Everybody can. So throw them in the chat. If it's something like I feel it's a, a big, important question, I'll keep to the side in case we do like a, a big group questions later. Cool. 
Let's do it, Steve. We got this. <laughs> number two. I'm forgetting what number two is. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So this is one of my uh, favorites. Oh man, they're they're cool looking, man. That's they're a bad cool angle looking. for it. Yeah, it's not the prettiest picture of it. That's okay though. It's a picture. So um, Maremi's anamensis, the Vietnamese pond turtle. I've never hatched one before. Uh, Steve, do you recall when we when we got that group from the TSA? I think it was 2015. It might be 2016. Um, Maybe 2016. I, I can't remember. I can pull it up uh, if we care about the date. But yeah, I think it was around 2015. It was a while ago now. I know. It's a long time ago. I was we started with old, hatchling. I was still at the old house. So it definitely wasn't as late as 17. So... Um, I'm going to go with 15, I think, but I'm curious enough that I'm going to pull it up. I think 15 too. And yeah, so we've been keeping them since hatchlings. This is a project that started with animals from the TSA. And then, you know, I acquired some, some older animals afterward, but 2015. Wow. Time flies. October 2015. Seven years ago. <laughs> well, like, oh, six 20, and a half. Six and a half. Still, though, I like 2015. Okay, that's like two years ago. Awesome. <laughs> it's not two years ago. Why am I so old? Why does that happen? So you have kids, man. Oh, my you gosh. Have like a, you have like an eight-year-old at home or a seven-year-old at home. It's instant. Yeah, yo, everything flies by. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah so that's I, – I just wrote an article, too. I was, I was telling Kevin – Kevin and I spoke on my drive home from work today. I – Woke up last weekend, the weekend before this past one, and uh, was I just woke up thinking about them. I don't know why, about this project and the fact that like we had some clown pastel type uh, pond, uh, pond turtles pop out of this group and uh, was really excited about it and just got up and then just grabbed the computer and started typing away. And within like an hour and a half, I had an article for uh, the German Radiata magazine uh, journal ready to go. It just kind of like hit me like, well, that's a really cool thing. You should just write something about it. And, I, and then I had like a four page paper with work cited and, and like all the literature in there and everything. It was it was pretty cool. So it's just a cool project that um, I'm really excited about right now because the the female was bred to just a random male, a random normal male. And the female looks like this and the, the regular, you know, these guys normally are like jet black and we bred her to just a normal looking random male. And then two out of the three offspring look like this. So it's possible that it might be like a dominant situation. It's definitely not incubation temps. They were incubated low because I have females and was hoping to get males, I have multiple females, but no males. So. Is that something that's uh, standard for species of like Maremis? Like incubation temperatures can alter the like the coloring. It's standard for the morph. It's thought to be standard for the morph. It's not. Okay. Yeah. It's there's not there's nothing proven scientifically. It's like hyperbole, yeah. but pretty strong okay. anecdotal evidence that um, that pastel clown type morphs are caused by yeah. incubation temperatures, but. Mitchell Coles proved that uh, all clowns and red ear sliders are not, and he has a uh, strain of clown pastel red ear sliders that are genetic, but they're okay. recessive. So you have to, you know, breed uh, yeah. animals that you know carry the gene 
but if you were to mix one of those with a regular, you would get regular, and some of them would be heterozygous to carry the trait mm-hmm. for the um, the more for the mutation or whatever. So that's basically yeah. what the article that I wrote is about, which is cool. It was fun to like dabble in the morph thing for a half a second, but you know. Hey man, you never know. You might be the only one producing those things ever, and uh, that could take over the new pet trade for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to take over the pet trade, but thanks. I appreciate you that got a lot. It. Yeah, man. You got it. Dan says they just proved out the pastel radar sliders, but he he had a few that he thought were different in 2017, bred them together, and then got visual hatchlings. So maybe that's not proof enough to but as creating F2 second generation or third generation. But I don't know. Right, number guy. three. Number three. Oh, uh, yeah. Nobody has any questions. So started keeping these in 2014. Pelusios nanus, the African dwarf mud turtle, and then proceeded to kill my group because I, I don't even know why. But I had three females that were a captive bred awesome actually four one drown then that left me with uh three more and i upgraded their enclosure and then the next day they were dying and i didn't know why made a vet appointment and they never made it to the vet appointment i was like freaked out i have no idea what the hell happened you can take uh your guesses if you want to but i'm babysitting some don't ask me why my friend is trusting me after that experience way back in the in the olden days but uh, babysitting some, and I hatched one this year from eggs that came from the ones that I'm babysitting. And I mean, these things incubate for like 50 days, like no I was gonna say it's like, I was going to say it's like a nanosecond compared to those pixels. Yes, yes, pun intended, right? Uh, and he brought them, they laid eggs immediately, and then, I, I mean, they had been here for like two months, and I was hatching one. It was the most obnoxious thing ever. So in terms of waiting, it's a species that I had worked with since way back when, but hadn't worked with for quite a few years in between. And then these showed up on my doorstep and I hatched one, which is still cool. It's still a new species this year. So this is redemption. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely felt good. It definitely felt good, but Mm -hmm. it's just crazy. They're so small. Like they're the size of a kiwi. If you like sliced off the top, like, they're so yeah. small. You, you know, um, when when I finally when we finally uh, got that female quad uh, on loan, right? Yeah, came in came in September. I had hatchling quads uh, three uh, yeah. eight months later, right? <clears throat> like I, she was laying a nest in five months after I acquired her, and she mated with the male. So, like sometimes, uh, like. I mean, that one was still really rewarding because it's four-eyed turtles and and all that. But it was still like, man, that was easy compared to the map turtle patients. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's exciting because, like, first of all, that was your first hatch. And what a first hatch right. it was. But, yeah. like, it would have been a lot. Yeah, it would have been a lot different, I think, if, if it was, you know, if you were 10 years in or whatever. Um, it doesn't make it less exciting because 
you had kept the species too. You just didn't have the female. So it's not like. Right. We had had, we had had bonsai for. That's the male. Uh, a couple years by then. Um, so we acquired him in December of 2014. So yeah, it was basically two years um, yeah. that we just had the mail. And then Ryan filler was, uh, was gracious enough to loan us his female um, who's still here uh, uh, to help cr- us produce offspring. And so Ryan actually has a couple of those offspring then too. So that's great. That's great. Does he actually have them now? Yeah, he's got two. He has last year's two hatchlings. Awesome. Uh, I didn't the 2020 year. Yeah. I forget things too, Steve. You probably told me that. Yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. And when he says quads, he's talking about the uh, four eyed turtle, Cicalia quadriochalata. Correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. You want to jump on the next one? Do you want to just keep going like it's a slide presentation? Yeah, I'm into it. I mean, you're not asking any questions. So I have a I have a three year old screaming in the background, so I muted myself. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. Dad, like, I'm sorry for giving you a hard time. Okay. I know. I know. There's a lot of things I'll give you a hard time for. That's not one of them. It would not be. Fair. I appreciate it. I'm having a fight with Shannon now because I texted her in an angry tone about the Roomba. So. <laughs> <laughs> she it's said, so "Hold on, this was her response. This was you can guess what I said to her. This was her response." Don't ever talk to me like that again. I will turn it off. Didn't know it was loud for you. Oh boy, I'm in the doghouse. I'm in the doghouse. Right. Just, just send her some gifts. Do we do we need to send you some extra blankets? Send me prayers and <laughs> yeah, send me an invitation to your house to sleep on the couch. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. She would never. You could fit in my house now. I have normal ceilings. I don't believe you. It looks like a green MC Escher. Not in this room. Not in this room. I'm saying downstairs. That looks like the a room in the Wicked Witch's castle. Yeah, it's the plan. People get lost up in here, you know? It's cool. That's not giving yeah, you a hard time, is it? I'm going to do some green screen stuff later. One of these days. Yeah, I have one. Uh, it's not quite wide enough that I have to get it pretty close to the back of my chair to actually um, not have like room sticking out the sides. Otherwise, I'd probably pull it up here. But so the reason why is like if you're doing it on video, like in this instance, it's a little bit tougher. But if you're doing it on video, you can just crop the actual video to cut that out. Right. Yeah, it's a little harder on the live feed here with some other things to consider. So sure. Steve, if you had a green screen, what would your background be? Um, good question. Good question. Um, I have some great Star Wars backgrounds that I might use to begin with until I was able to get some like video or images from my yeah. basement with turtles or something. But gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I used to talk about this guy. I don't want to. Why don't you talk about it? I don't know what it is. Yes, it is a what is it? I believe, and I could be completely wrong, but Geo Yamada Japonica. That is incorrect. I'm a dummy. That there we go. That is Geo Yamada Japonica. Yeah, what's they, that guy? They then? look they look exactly the same. That's a uh, Western uh, oh Actinemis. pond turtle. Yeah, Actinemis Western pond turtle or Pacific pond turtle. Okay. Yeah. No, so, 
Um, first time this year, I, the, the group came from a friend who uh, was on his deathbed and asked his wife to get in contact with me. I take this group extremely seriously. It's a species that I've worked with since 2012. And this was the first year I hatched them. I built them a really great enclosure outside. And um, the first year, uh, or so I should say when I moved, um, and when they were first sent out and, and uh, my friend's wife was dealing with, with them, trying to care for them and everything, uh, the transition and, and things like when they woke up in the spring that year didn't really go that well. So um, we, there were losses. So I'm trying to build the group back up. So I think a lot of people like see this success I'm having, don't realize I'm not hatching many of these things. Like, you know, hatch four actin Emmys, two Japonica, three Anamensis, uh, three stars, one Nanus. Uh, you know, so it's, it's really not a lot of animals. So it's not like I'm hoarding everything, but I'm really not looking to send a lot of stuff out yet. I'm hoping that I can, can get, you know, have success with them and then eventually like, trade for bloodlines and that sort of thing. I'm sorry if you're looking for someone to like feed the pet trade and sell animals. I really don't enjoy selling animals. So I'm, I'm sorry for that. It's just some, it's something that I struggle with greatly as a lot of people who know me know, including, including Kevin for sure. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. Of that. Yeah. So I'm going to keep, yeah, I haven't, I haven't ahead, seen, uh, I, yeah, I haven't seen that, uh, amendment to the Lacey act either. So I wouldn't even know what's, yeah, so this is What's the new. That? So, so I'll talk, I can talk about that. The 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 new Lacey Act. Basically, there's well, the verbiage, let's do the last photo first. There's yeah. two other photos. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Be quiet. Whatever. Whatever. Um, it's called like the Competes Act or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Matthew says support the hobby, not the industry. I I don't even like the term hobby because I see it as more. I know I told you this, but I see it as more like of a calling or like a life's work. Like, like if you're, if you're fighting for human rights or fighting for animal rights or whatever type of huge thing that you're doing, like, I don't see that necessarily as a hobby. I guess technically it would fall under what your hobby is, but I see it as more than that. It's more like a calling. And I think educating people about and, and trying to be a steward and, and uh, advocate for these animals is, is more than a hobby, personally. So the hobby word is just a little bit of a dirty word to me, uh, but the industry is definitely more uh, a larger dirty word. Um, not that I expect you to care about that. I'm not saying, Matthew, anything you said is wrong. I know you and I talked about this the other day. So you know where I stand on that. I just wanted to say it. So that's a Japonica. Uh, first time hatching them after keeping them for... Uh, many years since since back in 2013 hatchling that i that i grew up uh produced this is the sire for this hatchling right here that was really exciting you know what's really interesting those hatched months and months and months ago and the egg was laid six days before the spider egg that is hatched so they were like laid right in the same week and this one just hatched. So the difference of like 70 ish days, 80 days to 195 days. Pretty crazy. That's so long. And you right? said you gave them a, like a four week diet pause. Yeah. So, so we can go to those next if you want to Steve. So the spider tour is, is the cherry on top. 
which I did not necessarily expect to accomplish this year. Um, but isn't that great? That I just face. took that picture. I know they're so they're like so grumpy and so cute at the same time. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Typical tortoise hatching, really. Standing at now. It, to Probably me, like in this moment, it stands out so much. But I would assume, like in Madagascar, it blends into like the brush really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's really cool? I, I reached out to Michael Ogle, who is the the stud book and SSB coordinator for the AZA, and is really the best Pixis breeder probably in the entire world. And he's just a wonderful guy. And I reached out to him years ago because when these guys are uh are drinking they stick their nose in the water and i really think that they drink they can drink through their nose they if you look at where they're from in in relation to aldabras kevin which obviously you know really well they do the same um, thing yeah and and you know they these guys actually have their face is actually to me their face looks very aldabra like it's not quite yeah. as lengthened but it, there are definitely similarities yeah there. the way it, the way it points down like that yeah no you you can't see it as much in a hatchling as you can in an adult one but definitely there are definitely similarities and i've felt that way for for many years so i think it's really cool well i mean they're both they're both from madagascar at one point right Right. So mm -hmm. I mean, it's just funny, like this one that as an adult is 400 grams and then the other as an adult is 600 pounds. <laughs> yeah, so, it's pretty wild. Right. So anyway. I wonder if that's just like an evolutionary adaptation from like droughts where there's just like really small, small areas of water, especially over there. Yeah, know, really small, small amounts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've never met a turtle or tortoise that loves drinking as much as a, a spider tortoise they're like mm. super opportunistic it doesn't matter you offer them water they will drink every single time whereas like i put the star tortoises in the bath and they just like clumber around in the water and very rarely take a drink so yeah. spider tortoise it doesn't matter i could put seven of them in the same bath and i could take a picture of all seven of them with their heads down completely under the water drinking so and they like to drink from, if you spray them, they stick their faces into the mud and drink that <laughs> way. Yeah. I, Dude, I really if do you think spray them down, just, If you spray them at all, like, they always put their head down or they kind of like raise up on their legs? Uh, they don't raise up as much. Not like, I know what you're talking no. about, like how Aldabra does. They don't do that as much. Yeah. I've seen them, but they don't do it like every time like they do putting their heads yeah. in the mud. Yeah. Just curious if there's other like, you know things of similar similarities yeah yeah so it's pretty crazy i mean a lot of these species even if you take like the nanus which happened really overnight now because i was kind of watching those animals for a friend but animals that i started keeping like the spiders were 2011 actinemies were 2012 the japonica 2013 the um, and Amensis and Nanus were both around 2015. And then um, the stars were the newer ones around 2019. So pretty crazy stuff. Lots of, lots of time and commitment there. And I think some of these species, well, I think spiders are a lot like pancakes. Like everybody wants them. And then, you know, there's a lot of people uh, who end up moving away from them because they're boring. Like my pancake tortoises 
they just sit under rocks and then they come out and eat and then they go back under the rocks and the spider tortoises go to sleep for six months and they don't do anything. And then even in the warm months, they come around, they come out to eat and then they go back and, and dig in again. So it's, um, it, I guess they're not for everybody, but I think that's all part of the commitment too. you know, anyway. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate you, man. Uh, this isn't just supposed to be like a brag fest or whatever. I just, if it does feel really good to say, wow, like, I, like stuff came together for once after all those years of saying maybe next year, maybe next year, maybe next year. It feels like when your favorite sports team finally wins the championship after, you know, mediocrity for ever. So, but Steve, you hatched, you hatched map turtles this year. Oh, hold on. He's muted. 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 Yeah, so I, I, I was coughing and muted there. So, um, yeah, so we, we talked about the hybrids uh, a couple episodes. I think it was the one that you and I were – it was just you and me, Ant. So, yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, did talk about those a little bit. And we talked about the yellow blotch map turtles too. And, you know, um, like I said before – the, you know, the hybrids were were the, this this bittersweet peak because I thought it was going to be purebed ring mapped turtles, and it yeah. wasn't until you know, and I had like four clutches of them in the incubator, and then one hatched, and it's like, that's not a ring mapped turtle, <laughs> and so uh, you know this bit, you know, kind of a bittersweet thing. Um, I've been raising a group of those since. 2012 and the female that laid the eggs is one that was just sent last fall um on uh was sent well fall a year ago now on loan um but you know you guys can look back to that other episode and catch like that full story uh the yellow blotch map turtles is really exciting because they were you know because they were pure as well and one of them kind of surprised me because i just didn't think it was going to hatch ultimately so that's That's awesome. awesome Yeah. Even I mean, just, these... uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's to say which year did you start with these ones that you produced this year? Uh, the yellow blotch. Well, so the female that laid the eggs that um, that hatched was the female that we got that that was confiscated. Um, okay. it, uh, was but confiscated when did you start working you... with the species? Because I think that matters too. I mean, um, I know that. Yeah. That's, so that's I started working with but... yellow blotched in. Um, trying to remember when Paul Vanderschau sent me a pair that ended up both being male. Uh, they were hatchlings. Um, I think it was 2014, something like that. Hmm. And then um, at, <clears throat> the Turtle Room had ended up with a bunch in like 2016. And they and, and most of them, if I think it's all of them, got sent here after we moved then in 2017. And then uh, the Turtle Room also received this uh, pair of confiscated ones. Uh, well, it was actually a 1.2, but one of the females just didn't make it after laying a couple eggs uh, in 2020. Um, but those have been here for a couple years as well after they spent a couple years at um, at Garden State Tortoise in a couple different habitats. So I'm, I'm actually – that this this female laid 15 eggs all in the water in the span of like i don't know two and a half weeks or whatever and i got two of them to hatch despite you know being laid in the water um 
I'm looking forward to now that she'll have been settled in the same place for about three laying seasons. I'm really curious to see if she starts feeling more comfortable to try to actually use the nesting area. So Hmm. interesting. Especially being a, a uh, being a confiscation that you, who knows what things were like for her from the time she was taken out of the wild until she ended up at Chris's. And then she was, you know, out in a pond for a year. She was in an indoor stock tank for a year. And then she came here and was in a different indoor tank for a year, you know. And so now it's now it's it's like two and a half years now. So this will be her third spring Um here so i'm looking forward to seeing what changes there might be in her behavior she uh, continues to look more healthier too in the shell area especially so that's great of course of course there's nobody better at raising map turtles than you and i think uh, i I, in terms of like keeping the water what what it needs to be and and um the shell health which is so big with map turtles so many people struggle with um but either way like you even though you haven't kept the the blotch maps quite as long and the, the animal that produces and aren't the ones you started with as hatchlings, like, I guess that's of note, but it's like, it doesn't, it's still pretty darn cool that you have map oh, yeah. eggs. Oh, like yeah, they're map sure. eggs, you know, all these species are different and hence why, you know, they're, they, they're separated at the spe- species level, but they're, they're still map turtles and you're a map turtle nerd. So it's just a great thing that you're able to hatch them this year. Yeah. You know, yeah, I still have, still have shoot. I think uh, like 10 of those hybrids here yet too. Um, so. And Kevin, I was thinking about you too, because you've, you've made such a sacrifice to kind of change up what you're doing and really dedicate mm-hmm. a huge amount of energy, time, effort, resources to keeping Aldabra tortoises. And yeah, you're so like in the I, middle I of kind of making one of those decisions. Sacrifice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a sacrifice just solely because, like, I mean, I've always wanted one my entire life, you know, anytime from the moment I was into turtles, but never really thought it was reality until uh, I got a little bit older and figured out I could do it. Um, and just with everything else going on in life, I want to just spend time with one, one or two things instead of 10 different things, you know? Uh, I feel very fortunate. I figured out that I like terrapins early on and uh, I still work with terrapins. I cut down quite a bit just because of like work and school and kids and life and family, just everything. And I want to be able to provide, you know, as all of us like kind of get, you know, longer in this, uh, not the hobby that you want to call it, the hobby. Um, <laughs> you realize, you know, what kind of time you can actually devote and what you really care about. And, uh, I was telling you earlier, like five years ago, I would have said yes to pretty much anything anybody offered me. And now I'm being offered dream animals. And I'm like, it's not the right time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, And these are the things being offered me for free. And I just, I'm turning them down because I want to just focus on the things that I'm currently passionate about and want to stay passionate about. Yeah, of course. There's nothing wrong with that. You're just focusing. But I, I think your wife would call it a sacrifice. So. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I also think, you know, you've, you've, you've given up the opportunity to keep, I like the one thing that I can't wrap my head around. It's funny. I can still remember the time that you were getting an Aldabra and you were like, yeah. you're not going to like this. Or you were like, you're going to think I'm stupid. Yeah, I remember. yeah. And I'm like, no, I like, if, if it's what makes you happy, why are we doing this? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, maybe me in 20, 
11 would have been more judgmental because I'd be like, no, you need to, you need to do something for conservation, not realizing that, yeah. you know, so much of this is really not true conservation. Um, it's important. It's, it's really important. Like I said, preservation, but, um, you know, I may have given you a hard <laughs> Leonidas. That's really funny. This is Sparta. I would have given you a hard time, um, about that probably then, but I think I've come to realize in my very old age, the, the theme of this show is that I'm old and we're old, uh, in my, in my very old, I'm age, the oldest here. So I get it. Uh, but you're the most attractive and youthful, I think. Well, both it's between you two for sure. Obviously we all can. It's definitely, can, uh, it's definitely, you know, as far as like the world concerned, it's you beardly, but, uh, whatever that means, whatever that I'm turning, means. I'm turning 40 this year. The big four Oh, the big four Oh. Mm -hmm. I, but but I think like you're doing what you enjoy, like you said, and yeah. um, that's what's most important because that's why we do this, you know. Yeah, and that's I why mean, it's so important I, to, to to fight for what we're what we're doing. You know, I uh, the two things that like have give me the most like pleasure when keeping turtles has been feeding Dimeback terrapins because I know there's a lot of people watching this are terrapin people, and uh, th there's just nothing like it. They'll swim right up to you. They'll swim, mine swim onto my hands and like they'll eat right out of my hands. They're crazy. Uh, I don't think there, I think there's there, something like it. I think there's something like it. Well, I like it personally. Walking, walking into a gentleman's club is like feeding diamondback terrapins. <laughs> okay. We don't have to go that route. It's a family show after all. People flock to you and they want, it just looks yeah. different. They don't do this thing on the side of the glass, but they, they probably should. Yeah. Yeah, it's why my daughters uh, love the Reeves turtles because they do that yeah. like crazy. But for me, I'm like, yeah, yeah just, I, like mean, I love the Reeves puppy dog turtles. I'd, yeah, I'd prefer if they didn't do the puppy dog thing. I want the turtle to bite and hiss and pee See, on me. The the Natural. ornates bite me. Listen, yeah. for anybody that keeps terrapins, ornates are mean. Okay, I like that. But they would be my favorite um, terrapins. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're the meanest. I've I've only been bit by ornates in multiple times. Um. But then cool. outside of that, going down there and scratching Topanga's head, Topanga's the first Aldabra I got, scratching her head and like spraying her down, she rises up and it's it's cool. Like I haven't been able to interact like that with other turtles, so I enjoy it. That's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. And I, I think that's a good segue. What I, I had mentioned, you know, that's why we have to fight for, for what we have. If you haven't seen this this new act that that's come out um, – that Matthew was alluding to. It's all over Facebook right now. Uh, basically, there's verbiage mixed into like this huge bill um, and is moving forward, although previously by a, a slim margin, is something that people should take a look at and should try to contact their legislation, uh, their legislators about so that we can can try to, you know, show them that we're not going to stand for that sneaky stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it makes you almost like, okay, fine. They want to put Egyptians on the ESA. Like at least, at least they're being open about what they're trying to do. Although we can debate how much we can actually fight that or not, but it's worth doing because it's the right thing to do. This other sneaky nonsense where it's like this 700 page bill where they sneak in the fact that nobody can have a pet besides a cat or dog. That's basically what we're talking about. So um, you know, I'd be, I'd be really surprised if it goes through, but it's going to take people like us 
and across every single, I think this is something that James Badman spoke about in the TTPG live stream recently is, you know, it's going to take people across all, you know, animal areas to, to fight on this stuff, to fight for this and against, against that sort of thing. So tell your friends, tell your entomologist friends and tell your sloth loving friends and your peacock breeding friends and get them all together so that we could fight this as a global animal nerd force. And it's weird that you consider that people breed peacocks. Of course they do. Pe I, peacock yeah, 60, I it. 60, I just... to 60 to $75 for a young peacock. I was just looking them up today. Really? Yeah. Because um, one of, one of the veterinarians who I work with has peacocks and I was like, how much do peacocks go for? He said, peacocks are a lot. They could be like a thousand dollars. I'm like, I don't think peacocks are a thousand. So I started yeah. looking them up. I, I would be surprised if peacocks were a thousand. They're not rare. They're not a rare mm -hmm. animal. Uh, yeah, but I think some, the well, I, I think there are peacocks that are expensive and I'm sure gender and color and, and everything else goes into it. But I think like yeah. your average young peacock is not a thousand dollars is what I found out. Yeah. I so, so we need to fight this so that we can learn more about peacock breeding. Otherwise, that all gets shut down. Hold on. Steve, Did you know there Steve was is a... muted again. Steve is muted again. I was going to say, who doesn't like a bird that walks around strutting and preening itself? They're so much like us, you know? <laughs> just saying. Uh... I'm just saying. Have you ever looked up uh, emus or ostriches? Yes. Like as a, like buying them or whatever? Yes. And where do you yeah. land on that? Um, I'm assuming not. I mean, I haven't bought them if that's what you're asking. I Like yeah. people ask me all the time, like, do you keep any other types of reptiles? Like, no, I don't have enough space for all the turtles that I want to try to, to keep. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely not adding skinks to that. But like... I, <laughs> no, ostriches are not in the mix at all. And I, I yeah. did uh, one day I was like to Shannon, cause I'm thinking I could like feed my turtles quail eggs. I'm like we should get quail. And she's mm -hmm. like, get out of my house. I, Dude, like, and you can just eat the quail. It's the best. Right. I don't, I don't know. I think they go to maturity like pretty fast. You can be having, you know, chicken cordon blues all the time. I love chicken cordon bleu. Can you Isn't tell by quail? looking? Can you tell by chickens? looking at me? No, no. You're thinking of like Cornish game hens. Sure, chicken cordon bleu is chicken breast breaded with ham. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. With with yeah, ham and, and Swiss, maybe. I don't know what type of cheese it is in there, but I do Small like cheese, chicken cordon bleu. Steve keeps muting huh. himself and then talking. I love it. It makes yeah, because. Yeah, I, just, uh, I think it's got Swiss cheese in it. That was always bringing it, backing me up. Uh -huh. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. So oh, sorry, yeah. I got distracted with map turtle pictures. Oh, show us map turtle pictures. It's fawning over there. I like map turtles. Yeah, if you guys don't know, Steve was that little kid in the video. By the way, Steve is that little kid. Was and is. He never grew up. Always has been. What is this? What is this? Uh, that's an Alabama map turtle. Alabama? You know what I think? I think you should go home to Greenbow, Alabama. 
Forrest Gump. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I tried. There you go, map turtles. Steve, yep. there there will be an audio version of this, so you have to talk about your map turtles as you show us. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise, we're just sitting here. We're all just gawking no, so over map turtle these are photos the most, and people. Yeah. So this is the most recent picture of one of the hybrids, for instance. Um, the ringed map yellow blotched hybrids. This is one of the males incubated for male, as I recall. Uh, this one's one of the one of my favorites of the batch. Um, this is a female yellow blotched map that I hatched this year. Uh, that Alabama map, it was hatched by Chris Lekowitz uh, this year. Um, there's a couple of those here. Looking forward to them getting big. And there's a Texas map. You're starting all over again. Does that make you no, feel No, I just went the other you're... direction. Because I was looking for something in particular, but... No, no, I'm asking. I'm saying, I don't oh. mean with the pictures. I mean, you're starting all over in terms of like you're 12 years into map turtles and yeah. trying to make stuff happen and you're starting with hatchlings again. Yeah, with some of them. Yeah, some of the, I have so I've got some Alabama map turtles that are. Um, are two years old and then this couple that's now hatchlings um there's the Diamondback Terrapin that I talked about on that podcast uh, a couple episodes ago. Um, can yeah. I mention? Can I mention yeah. something on on this um, on this this bill that's that we were talking about? Yeah. So keep Greg talking. Greg has some amazing points in the chat right now, um, and I agree. I think. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. That's Bangalore you hatched. That's the one that hatched uh, this year. Oh my gosh, gee. Uh, but Greg has some really great points that. You know, this is really just like a ridiculous bill. We know that. But I think what happens with legislation is they'll push something and then they will continue to push it and push it and push it. And at first it seems ridiculous. And then as time goes on, we get used and, and the people who make who actually turn these bills into law get used to seeing these things coming up. And the ones that come up in the future are less ridiculous, but still in general ridiculous, just less ridiculous. And, and then they're at a higher uh, probability of being passed because we're getting used to seeing the same verbiage again and again and again. Uh, and, and I agree, Greg, I don't think that this is likely to go through at all because it would just be such a mess. Um, and normally me growing up, like cheating the system and shoplifting with my mother as a young kid, like I like to look at things and, and critically and, and kind of just think, okay, I'm not in danger here, but I think in terms of like the big picture and long, like the, the long-term game, the, the marathon part of this is that it's you know, it's bad. We still need to take it seriously, even though it's ridiculous. And not to say that you're not saying take it seriously. Um, I think everything that you're saying is correct. Um, I just want, you know, our audience to know that this would be a good idea to, um, this, this thing would be, it would be a good idea to, to fight this thing with everything that you can. Um, because we don't want people to be quiet and, uh, you know, bystanders when when we have an opportunity to actually use our voice and that's how i felt with the egyptian mm -hmm. situation like let's do what's right do i actually want to you know solicit breeding 
numbers from all these different breeders? And do I actually want to write something when I'm busy as heck at work and everything else? Like, I don't, I don't really have the time or the bandwidth to do it, but it's the right thing to do. And, and yeah, they're not coming for Spangler eye right now. And they're not coming for uh, spider tortoises and other things that I really care about right now. Not that I don't care about Egyptians. I really do. Um, but our, our buddy Ralph needed us at that point, And it was important for us to step up and help a wonderful breeder and other breeders like him who are doing amazing work to do what's right. And I hope that that works out. But if it doesn't, I, I know that, you know, several of us worked really hard and did everything that we could to try to do the right thing. Um, with that said, I personally will not fight the listing of the alligator snapping turtle. You can hate me if you want, but you know, the ESA actually does make sense for, uh, native species a lot more than it does for exotic species personally. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to fight that one as much as the Egyptian, obviously. So, hi, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie thought he wasn't happy. very good on the show, but I had told him that it was all your fault because you didn't have internet that night. <laughs> I was the worst on that show. That show was so mm -hmm. rough because of me, and he was so great and so gracious. And what's funny is I tried to talk him into coming on the show for like three years, years. and he finally said yes. And then just one of those fluke – that was the night that I ripped the – internet modem out of the oh, wall yeah. and like broke everything yeah that was horrible. yeah oh gosh oh bless his heart bless his whole heart you know it's like so let's just have him back on yeah well that's i'm fine with that i mean any excuse More to have a conversation with him i'm in and mondays are good for him too not, i'm just saying so there's one other thing i wanted to talk about and that was an idea that michael brought up michael sathuvaswamy and he asked, and it's it's something he brought up. Now, Kevin, you can tell me what you thought you he meant by it, and then I can tell you what I thought yeah. he meant by it. So why don't you tell me what you thought he meant he meant by it? Sure, yeah. So he had uh talked about passing on the torch so the younger generation can have like a turn. Uh and what I took from that is uh because we've known a few people um that have like, you know, passed away, not necessarily even old or whatnot. Um but I took from it, like, having a game plan for these animals that are going to outlive us. You know, like, turtles are very, very long-lived. So what's the plan for, like, if I pass away suddenly? You know, like, I know my wife knows who to call if this happens, you know. But for a lot of people, is that the case? And if a lot of people that have these gigantic collections, like Anthony, if you, you know, suddenly passed away, does Shannon know what to do with 250 turtles? 251. I hatched a spider tortoise yesterday. Sorry, <laughs> it actually it actually is two hundred and fifty one. I I made the little. I've never been more proud to make a tally in my in my life. I have the census. I have the census on Do the you board, walk, and I walk around I the erased, room checking. I have there's one unsexed uh, juvenile, and I I erased it and put made it a two. I've never been so proud to turn a one into a two. Anyway, yeah, it, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, Kevin, who's your wife calling? uh realistically she's probably calling you mm -hmm. oh i wasn't yep. sure it would be me about uh, aldabras I mean, no why do you say yup steve no no she, but you would know who to who to call yeah 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 you're you know? the you're the she, contact for yeah it either yeah. be you or it'd be charles lee i'm not sure more than likely you oh my god that makes me really proud 
really yeah. like that's that makes me more proud than the spider tortoise i'm not even kidding yeah so it would be you i'm not kidding um, to help deal with you know you know what value of the turtle room you know what should go yeah. back to who or get sold to whoever or whatever you know that's the um, tough part too is like who right because you know I mean, we've seen it it's not funny but people we've seen it happen before where people come in and and you know well, yeah. i loaned that to them and then it ends up with somebody else that's right. rough. Yeah, really I um, rough. you know, I I know I am that person at least on somebody's will, you know, f- at least in the meantime until their kid gets old enough to maybe, whatever. But if something happens to him and his wife, like the turtle stuff is mine to take care of, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, so what I thought he meant by that. Kevin and Michael's actually tuning in. He's back on him in the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. excited. He came in. The, somebody probably texted him. And was like, "Listen, you got to get on. They're talking about you right now." Uh, <laughs> what <laughs> What I think he meant by that, and he can let us know in the chat if we're right, is what about these organizations that people are setting up, like the TTPG, which obviously is not being set mm-hmm. up. The TTPG has been around for a long time now. Uh, the Turtle Room. And other things like that, that like Garden State Tortoise, if if something happened and Chris and Casey decided to get a turtle phobia over the next 24 hours, then Garden State Tortoise just stops, right? Mm-hmm. That's by design. That is what it is. That's like them. That's like the the branding of their family and their family's adventures now, which is really cool with YouTube being that. That is really awesome. Else. Yeah. But the the turtle room and the turtle and tortoise preservation group is not that they're built on large groups of people from different areas, even internationally that work together and collaborate on, on projects and things like that. So what I thought he was talking about was what he brought up to Russ on the last live stream, which was like, what happens if Russ Gurley can't do it anymore? Like what happens yeah. in the turtle room if Steve Enders can't do it anymore? And so I posed that question to Steve a little bit beforehand just to make sure he was okay with me bringing that up because because i don't think we're ready for that yet because steve does so much so michael what what did you mean let us know in the chat but while we wait for you to say which let me hand it over to steve what are your thoughts steve um you know that's that's one thing the turtle room's been working on for a couple years now uh with some of our just decisions internally to provide some kind of uh, and the business word for this is succession planning. Right. Um, and, you know, we definitely have holes and gaps, um, but I've been actually working more from kind of like the bottom up with this succession planning stuff. Like we've got a few people on social media that even when one person gets busy, uh, you know, other people can kind of fill in the gap. And so obviously something more significant happening, there's, you know, still that, that backup there. Right. And so in uh, at the top of then each of our departments, we've kind of looked at having like a, a three headed monster is what I, you know, normally, you know, just call it internally. And so like have three people who know most of what's going on in a particular area. And so in each of the departments, one of those is currently me, which makes sense as the executive director. So I also know what's going on. But then we've got the head of that department and then one other person who's like kind of just shadowing and being involved in conversations, even if they're just copied on an email. So they're aware. Right. And so um, in general, I actually think our, uh, 
our field programs department could probably continue doing what they're doing um, if something would happen to me. But I don't know that that's necessarily true of other things right now. Obviously, um, bigger infrastructure would be a whole different ball game. But I know this one department is organized within themselves enough that they could kind of go do, which is which is the goal, right? So you're really smart. I like you. I try. And, um, you know, these are like when you think about, you know, conserving turtles, most people don't think of this side of it. But if you're going to create, you know, an organization or you're going to create this thing that's bigger than yourself, um, if it's truly going to be bigger than yourself, it needs to be able to live beyond yourself. And that's so the point, right? These aren't that's right. The and point. so these aren't like often terribly fun conversations, partly because of the implication that's there, right, is something dreadful's happened. But you've got to be um, out in front of those to have success there. And so it involves um, training people, raising them up, then putting them in the position to be that shadower. That way they can be ready to take over if necessary. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, our goal, once we get this, you know, all figured out is we have, you know, me and then, and then, uh, and then a department head and then one person that's kind of that department head's right hand in everything. And then we've got like a trio. If something happens to one of them, there's still two so they can raise up that third person. Right. And so if I can get each department to have two people other than myself, if something would happen to me, they'd all like each of those two, two sets of people would be able to help the new person, uh, get a handle on each of the different departments. This is reminding me of the fact that Charlie has been telling me for like two years that we should do an episode that's like a board meeting that's like open. It's like a podcast, but it's like a board meeting. And I know that that's not exactly something we want to do, but like, but like a really like a behind the scenes of like, this is the, the level of nerddom that it takes because I watch you and I, I know I refer to you as a nerd all the time, but it's really just my, my endearing term of saying like, you are like next level brainy and on top of everything and really thoughtful in your own like um, analytical way that I could never be and that I appreciate so much because you've been the one that's really taken this to that next level. Um, I've just been lucky well, enough to be here for the ride. I'm going to so, throw out and give some credit to Lisa for, for some of that. Oh, too, and, and, of I was, and I wanted to say so. Lisa, of course, especially when it comes to like really taking this and making it an official nonprofit and, and, and the board meetings and like all of that, like, gosh, you, she truly is, you know, yeah. your better half. Like she's incredible. And yeah, um, yeah. so it's just, I, I think that piece, like, I felt it a little bit. I felt a little bit of like what I see in the board meetings from you, just as you were explaining that just then. And I got real excited that people were seeing a little touch of that because they don't normally see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think something around yeah, I like that, business where Steve. We, you know, <laughs> yeah, business, business Steve is a really, is a really cool thing to see that I think a lot of people don't see. So I think if there were some way that we could do like pieces of that as an episode, I really like that, you know? Just saying. You guys don't have to say anything. I could just sit here. Sorry, no, I was reading in the chat. Um, <laughs> our, our friend Michael. <laughs> what was it? so? Who was right, Kevin? Me or you? You were right, right? Neither of us. Neither of us. Oh God! You know, get Michael. He's so introspective and so edgy. He's gotta try to, 
Make it look like we so, were both wrong. No, what I actually meant was <laughs> not what I wrote at all. All right, so I'm going to read verbatim, right? So after we read both it. chimed in, he goes, that was definitely one part of my thought, but my question was a bit more focused. What happens to a group that takes a good few years to settle down? Uh, I didn't know if he was talking about groups as far as like groups yeah, of people. Yeah, was or groups he mean animals. groups of animals or groups of people? What yeah, so he... that's, I asked him, I was like, can you elaborate a little bit more? You know, and he goes, what happens when that group gets disturbed and now scattered around, but then more information, taking one specific as an example, say I have a group of Crassicolis that have settled down. Okay, so he's talk, he is talking about now, animals. Yeah. Now if I need to give them up, there's the possibility that I cannot send the entire group to someone else who can help them settle down. Someone mentioned a species that has kind of stopped popping up when Ben Forrest stopped working with the species. What's he talking about? Forrest and I? Um, probably. Forrest and Tortoise? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Ben's the real deal, man. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you guys right now, like, if, when I'm trying to be successful as a turtle breeder, I'm just trying to be Ben. Ben is the most accomplished, like, rare species breeder there is. He just does it like it's nothing. I miss Ben. Does Ben write? Ben, I'm going to call you soon. Uh, no, Ben doesn't like to write, but he's, he, you know, when there was a time when I was just really interested in turtle. If anyone's interested in this sort of thing, too, make some connections. So I, hey, college graduate right here. I like to write. But I had no experiences like with turtles, but I knew I loved them. So I would partner with people like Ben, be like, hey, like, let's work together. We could write an article to the, together and we can publish it, but you don't have to write. You could just tell me. And when I wrote my book, like you notice I said I hatched Japonica this year, but I, I wrote a book about Spangler and Japonica. And a lot of people were probably surprised to see that I hatched Japonica for the first time this year. Well, that's a really difficult species to hatch. And not a lot of people do it. And I basically was working with Ben when I wrote that chapter. I was talking to him and then I was writing that. And uh, yeah, it was it was like I owe so much of that to him, which is why I thank him in the book. And you'll see credit all over, um, you know, all over that chapter, those chapters that include the, that species. And uh, yeah, so my goal is just to be like him. But if you're someone out there who's really interested and you really like writing, partner up with somebody like me, who's busy. <laughs> and, I mean, I still like writing, but there are a lot of people out there that don't like writing but have wonderful things. Maybe you keep the species and they've been breeding it for 30 years and you talk to them and you really, really have a good relationship. Maybe there's an opportunity there to start writing together. And then that was around the time that I started taking on projects that I thought I could write about. Um, so anytime I wanted to breed something, it was like, well, I could write once, once I breed something then I'm like, all right, well now I could write a reptiles article or now I can write in the Badiger about it or whatever. And, uh, you know, then different things pop up like a really big spiny turtle or a really large anamensis or, or the fact that an anamensis just produced some weird morph or whatever. Like there's different things that pop up that you didn't necessarily plan for that, that are writing opportunities as well. So if you're that type of person, but going back to what I said at the beginning, like everyone should be thinking about what they could write for the Batiger. And if, even if you're not like somebody who loves to write, it's a really cool way to take your involvement in, in this community to the next level. Just yeah. saying. I don't yeah, know what I tried, Michael's uh... talking about anymore. I, I regret bringing Michael into this. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> like, hey, Michael, let us know. And now it's just like I'm more confused than before I asked. What's going on? 
I thought I thought we understood each other. I think someone hacked him tonight. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think someone else. He did say he did say he had to hop off and get on a call with his boss. Is this Stephen Michael? Right, <laughs> Michael. We demand proof. Thing is, when we're talking, I can't I can't read all of this stuff. So I'm like just yeah. peeking over, like, oh, it's Michael. What did he say? I'm like, okay, that doesn't help. I don't know what's happening yeah. right now. I don't know what's happening. I'm just saying. He says this is what he gets for turning 45. Yeah, day over 30. Look at you. You're not a spring chicken anymore. I could tell you that. I could tell you that because everyone's none of us are. Man, man, that dude's old, but I'm not 45, so you're younger than I am. Are you guys in pain when you wake up now? No, no, most days, no. Somebody the other day told me I looked younger than I am, which hasn't. Yeah, I get that a lot, actually. No, 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 that's fine. I never <laughs> have gotten that my entire life ever. I mean, I was I was buying you know uh, inappropriate adult magazines for my friends when I was like thirteen because it was funny. So I actually I thought you were the dad. I actually I was, like, I was six eight. They couldn't even see my face because I was up above like yeah. the cigarette things I hung down. Like, right. I credit the fact that I don't have kids with why people think I look younger than I do. Ooh, right. That was a yeah, I was okay. running, sorry. Hey. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, they're great, but they're real tough. The gray in the beard didn't happen until the kids, like, immediately. Yeah, was, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, at my at my last, at the school I worked at before, um, they, uh, one of the teachers thought I was the same age as one of my colleagues who's nine years younger than I am. So I was like. Ooh. That's, that's a, win. a win. That is a and win. And then, because one of the other guys who was there we we graduated high school the same year or whatever like he's got like four kids or whatever looks like he's a decade older than i am right um i uh at my current school i'm older than like a good chunk of a bunch of the other math teachers the one dude who's like two years younger than me his he's his entire head of hair is completely silver at this point like Mm. and he he's like he's like your age so um yeah i I credit it all to Mm -hmm. It's in. At least he's got hair. It's more than I can say for me. You see this? Yeah. This isn't exactly a choice, you know? Damn. Genetics, homie. Too bad Keeps wasn't around 10 years ago. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, there's always been Rogaine, you know? Oh, he's not only the president. He's also a client. Uh, what is the species, guys, that you... What is the triumphant species that you could breed that you haven't bred yet that you keep? Kevin, I know your answer. I'm a long ways away. Just just a couple, two, three decades. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. And nobody – can we talk about that for a second, please? Aldabra man? Not Aldabra man, but you. I'm calling you Aldabra man. I get like, it. Why aren't they – why – why, if you're a huge Aldabra breeder, are you importing so many Aldabras? Like, why can't anyone breed them? I uh, know people are breeding them. There's people in Florida that are breeding them. So why are they being imported so much? Well, Don't they, aren't they a fecund them, you know, species? They, if they get dialed in, shouldn't they produce a couple eggs? It, it's tough because they, they do better with larger groups, as far as what I understand, the books that I've read. That, so like, you, you need a large like a, group a one point- to be able- yeah, you can have like a 1.2 and you're not really going to get much, you know, but then all of a sudden you start having like a, a 3.4, 3.5 or larger. And then you start seeing that a lot more they produce regularly. 
What do you think that is? Um, so it could be stress as far as uh, they're like a herding species. So, you know, where they're found on a Dabra Atoll, it's, it's, there's a lot of sun. There's not a lot of shade. So all the areas where they have to congregate together and, you know, the estimates that there's over 100,000 of them on there now. Um, so they have to congregate in really tight spaces. And I'm sure that being where they're at anyway, you know, they're, there's nothing that's really eating them, but it gives them kind of security knowing that they kind of like group in like that. It's something I can really think of. Uh, so that when, when they're, they're having when they're alone, they're when they're alone, they get less randy. Yeah, I guess so. You know, or they're it's just the op- it's the opposite day on Aldabra. They're too. nervous. It's weird. Okay, well, that's obviously the species for you. How about you, Steve? <laughs> um, well, the stuff I got here right now. Um, probably just have to be the barber's maps because I'm more, so excited more than be, more than Belii. Yeah, probably because they've they've been here a lot longer, right? And I've raised them from babies. Like the Beals, I acquired the males as adults. Then the other group, which, like you know, one of the, the ones I thought was going to be a female, looks like it's going to be a male, right? So, but like the barber's females, like I've raised those females, like from from. From 10 gram hatchlings to they're now the one, the one of them I raised, by the way, when I last measured it, she's my biggest turtle here now. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just like, just that, that length of time spent with them. Like I I have a connection to the, to those animals from the care and the love that I've put into them, you know, for uh, 11 years. So how many, how many people breed them? Barber's maps. Not a lot. Not a lot. Like um, like, like 1.2 people? Yeah, basically. Um, if I get them to hatch, like, I'll be the probably the only person people can get them from. So, if I can get them to hatch regularly. It's so. crazy. It just seems like it was something that was available 10 years ago. That's not. Am I wrong? Well, so I... Th- I question whether somebody was actually hatching those captive 10, 11 years ago. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They knew where to find nesting females or possibly. Yeah. It was that it was. So the ones that are normally available as like fresh hatchlings in the spring are typically ones that somebody's poached. Um, The ones that are available as as fresh hatchlings in the fall, um, they probably didn't poach the animals, but they might've poached the eggs. If they weren't really, breeding them, but there's really no way to know for sure. Cause they normally overwinter in the nest or that's just when people find them. Um, I think it's just when people find them because I'm pretty sure they, they go pretty quickly from, uh, I mean, I think some of them do will overwinter in the nest as well. Mm. Um, and the ones that probably hatch a little earlier, you know, I don't think people are out looking for them as much in the fall. So interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. So just wrapping it up, I should probably answer too. I, I, this is the reason why when I ask this, I've been struggling with this the last few months now. We're like, I'm it's weird. Like it's the thrill of the chase and the fact that I've been now working at this for so long and now, okay, now what? And, um, I do kind of chase that new thing, you know, but, um, I, 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 in addition to just wanting to you know, dial in my incubation techniques and do a better job of, of more consistently producing. 
a lot of these species that I've been lucky enough to produce for the first time. There are other species that I'm excited about in the future. I don't know that that would happen next year. I don't even know that I'll be able to hatch these species I hatch this year, next year. But I do kind of fantasize a little bit about like Galbinifrons and, and Macordi and Panai, which are species that I haven't produced yet. So hopefully, fingers crossed that, you know, we can add things to the list in the future. But yeah, this just talks like these make me realize that I don't need anything else. I'm very, I'm, I'm very happy and very content with what I have. And that stuff is starting to pay off for all those, all those years. So, um, Anthony, are you uh, potentially just like a year out from doing McCordy and Panai? Um, yeah, uh, the, I have adult Panai, I have adult Galbinifrons and I have, I have McCordy that are on the, on the verge. Okay. Yeah. So we'll cool. see. There's other stuff that's still small too, but. Um, yeah. with that's with that stuff, it's, it's getting close. It's just, they're really hard to breed and, and they're different. And it's something I've never been able that, you know, these are species I've never gotten eggs from. So, you know, it's sure. tough to, tough to tell. So, ah, there's a barbers. Cool. Since, uh, yep. uh, yeah, somebody asked more for it in the chat. So, um, I figured I'd toss up a couple barbers pictures, um, for that. Uh, for Christopher who asked, um, you can kind of see in the, the crushing plates inside their mouth here. Um, just beastly cool. things to crush clams with. Yeah. Just monster, large, yeah. broadhead map turtles. Like, yeah, really cool species. And I actually use, it's yeah. funny. I used a, uh, barbers to make our first logo, the really, really, yeah. really old one, but it didn't end yeah. up looking like a barber's. It ended up being my own stylized version. That well, it, it looked like a juvenile, which it was, you know, the model was. So, you know. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, I, you know, I think it looked like a juvenile barber's more than a, a, an adult male or female or anything. So, hmm. cool. Well, there you go. Listen, this has been a really nice talk. I love you guys. Yeah, I like chatting with you guys. I appreciate I, the first Monday of every month. Can you come on here? Oh, gosh. La vita e bella. Life is beautiful. Am I right? Always and forever. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Listen, take care of yourselves. Take care of those around you. Take care of your turtles. Okay? Life is beautiful. And, and call really your happy. senators. I'm really happy in this moment. Yeah. Call peeps, make things happen, keep fighting the good fight, and do things the right way. And really can dedicate yourself to figuring out what that means, okay, over the long haul. Because what I thought the right way was 10 years ago is close, but it's different than what I think the right way is now. And I hope that that keeps evolving because we, we need to be lifelong learners and continue to to grow our knowledge, learn from those around us, even younger people around us and people who are new to the game and bring something new uh, to challenge our way of thinking, especially those breeders who are more experienced. Yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years the same way. Well, keep, keep learning and, and keep, keep changing, changing the game in your own little way. Is that good? Good sign. Send off. Absolutely. I can't follow that up. Bye, guys. Neither can I. I fell asleep during the middle of that. <laughs>